Tiffany. Yes. <laughs> I saw another teacup bully. <gasps> oh no. Is it so it's happening? They're slowly taking over the world. You know, I thought I saw one. I thought I saw one. I wasn't sure because it was like it looked like something like what you described, but it was the first time I saw something that looked like that. So maybe it was. You know, it's the new trendy dog that people are breeding, and for so many reasons, we do not need teacup pit bulls. No, we do not need more pit bulls, whether they're small or large. We are killing so many of them, tens of thousands of them, over a hundred thousand, even in California. And yeah. just you know, stop. Just stop. We don't need more bullies. Just, just unnecessary. Yeah. No, they're deformed. They're completely deformed, and they're they're going to have major health issues. They're very uncomfortable. You can just see it in their body shapes. I mean, like it's just not natural, and it's it, you're creating a deformed dog. That's right. Period. Thank you, Tiffany, for that. F A I R Y. Yo, 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 Tiffany. <laughs> I love the yo, 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 Louise. That's new. But it's it's good on you. How are you? Yeah, that's what's up. Uh, it's what's up. And you got sporting purple hair today. Looking good. I am sporting purple hair. I feel so colorful and happy. Like, it, it really affects my mood. I'm so glad you convinced me into doing purple hair, Tiffany. Yeah, I think we're going to try other colors, too. You're my, you're my muse. You know, some people, you know, a lot of people spray color their dogs. And there is this new show on TV now that's called uh, uh, Pooch Perfect. I don't know what it's called. But it's about grooming dogs. And they make them look like all these animals. And they color them. And... Have you heard of it? Uh, you know, no, but I'm I'm not surprised. You haven't? Everyone has been talking about it in the dog business. Wherever I go, everyone is like mentioning this show to me. Oh, really? Okay, well, I guess I'm not cool. Well, it sounds entertaining, that's for sure. But it must be, are they all poodles or are they all kinds of dogs? Oh, it's all kinds of dogs. It's not just poodles. It's re- very impressive. I haven't seen it. I've just seen clips because people keep showing me <laughs> from the show. And it's just, you know, fabulous. You have dogs looking like cheetahs and elephants. And, of course, you know, lions with the big fluffy mane. That that one's easy. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, someone even made a dog into, like, different bugs. And, yeah, some really cool stuff. You know, I'm impressed. Those dogs are patient to sit through all that. Uh, Yeah, I always wonder, like, is it animal abuse or is it not? Because it seems like a lot of time just sitting still. Like, it's not fun for the dog, really, you know, but is it hurting them? That's what I was thinking. Of course, that's my first thought when you told me about that show. I'm like, oh, it doesn't sound good, but, you know, what do I know? Yeah, well, that's what we're thinking, right? So other people are thinking it, too. And, yeah, we wonder. Well, that was a downer. That's a topic. I know. Of course, I have to bring the downer and the, the fun, right? Sometimes it Negative needs to be Nelly. done. <laughs> it needs to be done. But maybe this is a topic we can explore in another podcast. Yes, because today we are dying to talk to you about rescue dogs and what to expect. And um, because we had some disappointing returns of dogs and... Uh, you know, first of all, we, we don't shame or judge anyone for returning a dog. So this is, so, you know, something we see in the rescue business uh, regularly, and it's perfectly normal that 
for various reasons, it doesn't always work out when, when you adopt a dog. And it can be totally good reasons for that. But no, we are talking about something else, like when people are returning rescue dogs and we're feeling a little dumbfounded because it's like, what, what are you expecting? Yeah, no, I know, because we had had recently uh, several returns, and we were surprised because it, you know, we hadn't had very many returns at all, but then recently there were suddenly um, dogs that we returned that really uh, wasn't, you know, some justified and some really not. It was surprising and sometimes disturbing, and um, but we learned, and we actually uh, updated our application process because of it. So we definitely see a need to talk about this and help people understand what to expect and what to prepare for and what to what how much timing you need to give and all kinds of things. That's right. And so, I mean, let's start to talk about Ferdinand. Ferdinand was an adorable little Shih Tzu man, and, you know, it just really didn't go well there. The, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he got adopted by a lady who said she was very dedicated to to rescue, and she had all these, you know, plans about giving him time uh, to get comfortable with his new home and environment. But then she returned him just after a few days uh, because he was crying because she kept him in a box against his will, which is just insane. <laughs> okay, let me clarify. Maybe not box, but, but you know, she... <laughs> no, I know, right? <laughs> she created him. She created him during the night, even though she told us that he would be sleeping in the bed. And this is a dog who didn't want to be created. So he cried all the time instead. And then she returned him. Exactly. And what the worst part about it is, you know, she she refused to try to work with a dog that did not want to be created. She wanted to create a dog. She should have communicated that. She did not. And she felt that this dog was severely disturbed because of it. Um, he was one of the best, easiest dogs that we had had. Um, so he was just not a dog that wanted to be left in a crate. You know, not all dogs are crate dogs. They're just not, uh, you know, so, so you, you can't expect that. And, this dog was perfectly happy, so when I took the dog back, I'm so glad I did because that dog was in a borderline abusive situation. Um, he I was, can imagine. Yeah. Um, when, when, when he was brought back, the crate was not, not only was he in the crate when she brought him back, but he, the crate had a padlock on it. Um, Why would you put a padlock on it? If I, yeah, I don't know. To make sure he's locked in there good. Yeah, and so that I, when I took that dog <laughs> in, he slept... She, she, she claimed that she couldn't sleep. She hasn't been sleeping for days. That dog slept perfectly quiet all through the night in bed with me. No problems at all. That scares me because what the heck was going on over there then? You know, it's and, and just the fact uh, that it wasn't only that she, she, you know, lacked to tell us that she was looking for uh, a dog that she was going to create a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it also specifically says in our adoption application, where is the dog going to sleep? And she specifically said in the bed with me. And then she comes back with this story and we're just like, what? Yeah. So this was someone that was being completely honest and sorry, I got drink some lemonade went down the wrong throat. Anyways, she wasn't being complete. <laughs> she wasn't being completely honest. 
And she made herself out to be something that she wasn't, which was somebody who was really willing to work with the dog. However, I'm grateful the dog came back because that was not in a good situation. But how do we catch these people, you know, who just say things on the applications because they know that's what we want to hear and then they're going to go and treat the dog in whatever way they think is fit to treat the dog. Yeah, we would love to know the, the magic, but I think, you know, Louise, the updates we'd made on the applica- <coughs> application process, we clearly asked, what are you expecting in t- uh, adopting a dog as far as how long t- it takes to um, acclimate the dog? And we also asked, what would, you, what would be the reason for you to return a dog? Give us some reasons and, and why. Uh, so I think those were helpful in our application. Do you think so? Yeah, uh, in a sense, uh, yes, it helps people uh, get open their eyes a little bit more uh, early in the adoption process uh, to the fact that, that this dog might have some behavioral things you need to work on. So it helps them open the eyes on that. But however, if, if people have decided to be dishonest with us, it, it doesn't matter how we form our adoption application. Well, hopefully... Darn. Let's take a break here. I see Tiffany is struggling. Take a little breath uh, and a sip. Okay. Thank you. Um, well, hopefully they'll be watching this podcast. And, you know, anybody who's considering adopting a dog will need to really do the research and understand that, you know, if you adopted a human, they're not going to be a perfect guest at first. They're they're still learning that this is their home, and they don't know. Um, they just need they just need love and support, and time, and training, and consistency, and you know, they they have needs and they have ways they like to live as well. So we have to understand that you know we've got to get to know them, and they need to get to know us. Very well put, Tiffany. What's going on over there? I know. So I have Snow White was returned today, and she took off the microphone pad, so I was, like, struggling here a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> she was returned. And, you know, this was um, Snow, This was no fault of the adopter, actually, because Snow White is a special case, and she's got particulars. She's She decides if she likes you or she doesn't. She decides if she, she d- likes the dog or not that's in the house and she's just you know she's got issues but she's a great dog oh god she's got chicken poop smeared all over her face well luckily she's decided that she really likes tiffany so yeah so you got chicken shit going on over there tiffany snow uh pew she's like and she wants to cuddle right now oh yeah (laughs) yeah Oh, God, that's disgusting. (laughs) She thinks she never smelled better. Dogs love smelling like shit. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) Well, Mickey got adopted. Should we talk about Mickey and what you helped them to to expect with him, him? Because he was a special little dog, too, right? Yeah, he is a special dog in the sense that he was uh, what I like to call a super stray, uh, meaning that he has uh, very little or no experience of humans before. So he, 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 you know, he might have been in a hoarding situation or he must just have been in the wild or, or so because he uh, didn't know a uh, lot of things in the human world, such as stairs or toys or bones or cars or leash. And, you know, he was just pretty clueless. Uh, ah. 
And um, so he gets a little scared when he doesn't know what to expect. So he is a little snappy too. Uh, this is a uh, fear is something you commonly see in rescue dogs, but fear is so different for every dog. There's like different levels of it and there's a different ways it manifests itself. And for Mickey Mouse, it was that he snapped. So of course we are that much more careful when we adopt a out because we want to make sure that the person really understand what they're taking on and that they're willing to work with the dog and train and so on. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I tell them to uh, give it time and, you know, not push his trigger and rather just let the relationship uh, grow by just being there and let him come to you in his own time and, you know, hope that uh, building a relationship will make all the difference in the way he sees the world. We set him up for success, or you set him up for success by really making sure, being really clear, and I think that's what we really try to do is be very clear about the dog's needs, the dog's behaviors, and why, why we are a foster-based rescue. We do not have a shelter, so we know get to know the dogs a lot more than if you were just to blindly collect them at a shelter. That's right. That's what we work really hard to do is to really match the dog with the right adopter. Um, but it, that doesn't mean that the adopter doesn't have, uh, they still need to have this uh, correct expectation. So what are some of the things that you think there's mis uh, misunderstandings in adopting a dog? And what are the things that people are expecting they are just unrealistic? Uh, well, people are a little unrealistic about uh, the dog being scared. It's like... Sometimes people tend to be more focused on the fact that they are getting a dog and they are, you know, this is something that is happening to them rather than realizing that it's happening to both of you and that the dog is, you know, in uh, under your power. And, you know, it's that much more scary to be transitioning into a new lifestyle when you're not the one uh, driving into it. So, and even if it's, you know, a good home, which of course, hopefully it is, it's still a very scary and traumatic situation because they don't know what the heck is going on. And one thing I really like to point out that I read in one of my many uh, dog books is that the dog brain is actually like a, the brain of a three-year-old human being. That's amazing. That's like, that helps. I mean, that should be something that uh, you, everyone should take in consideration when they have a new dog is that how would you how would you work with a three-year-old it's not just any uh, three-year-old human being it's uh, you know rescue dogs often have, have you know they have a history and they face these obstacles because of neglect or abuse or both and I think that a big part of loving a rescue dog and helping them is that you have to understand why they behave the way they do if you can understand that, you know, why they might be behaving uh, in a way that you don't like, well, if you can understand and sympathize, then you have a better shot at being able to retrain your dog and, you know, feel more compassionate about the situation rather than annoyed and frustrated. So, you know, if just really, you know, try to connect with the person in your rescue dog rather than the idea of what you think a dog should be. Just like we try to do with our, you know, human relationships. Like, it's not about them uh, being perfect. It's about them being who they are. <coughs> uh, <laughs> Snow White, what's she doing? 
She's playing with Frederick. She has a oh, thing lovely. for Frederick. He's the little four-pound chihuahua. Oh, everybody having a good time. Oh, yeah. She yeah. is, but I'm worried that she's spreading that smelly chicken poop all over my bedspread. Oh, she is, surely. It's going to be laundry day. Well, hopefully you'll just go nose blind to it. Yes, exactly. And that's, you know, so I think we should maybe even think about, you know, what are some of the things that are unacceptable to not be working on and what are some things that you know what that is not the right dog and yet per yes perhaps it should be returned should we should we clarify those yeah yeah we said that earlier that it's okay if it's not you know the dog for you and that happens we don't judge we don't blame but it's good to consider this before like for one thing you know some people tend to find out that they have allergies to the dog that they did not realize they had. Is that, you know, th of that's, course. Right. So that would be something, um, you know, also taking in a dog that, um, has shown, um, to get along with other dogs would, but then doesn't get along with their dog, even though it wasn't an issue before. Is that, what do you think about that? That, do you think that's something that just, there's, there's training to be worked on with that? Or is that just something that should, the uh, well, I think that's a, a very individual case to case, but I think the crucial uh, thing there is really how you start out and that you take responsibility to introduce the dogs in a right way, because there is a right way and there is a wrong way. And the wrong way is to just bring the dog home and let him in the house where the other dog is waiting. And that just sets them up for failure. The best thing is to have them meet outside, go for a walk together, and have the dogs walk in together. And in the next couple of days, you're going to want to give the dogs a lot of walks together. Dogs bond when they walk together. And, of course, the exercise helps to release the tension. What about, you know, um, dogs that have resource guarding? issues. Yeah, that's something you can see commonly in rescue dogs because some of them actually have to fight for food to stay alive. So, you know, that's part of uh, their behavior in the brain has really been activated in order for them to uh, be able to stay alive. And the thing is that some easily train it away once they get into a home. They realize that they get food regularly and they put on some weight and then they lose that resource guarding behavior. And other dogs just stick to it hardcore. <coughs> Tiffany, you know what I want to talk about? What? The fly ban. Uh. I know we talked about it before, but, you know, the fact that there are no longer any animals flying around in the air because they have forbidden the emotional support animal uh, from travel in the airplane. You know, and this reminds me, I take this to the whole shoe bomber story. There it's only one person that had a... The what? There's only one person had a shoe bomb, and now everybody's got to take off their shoes before they get on the airplane, Right. Oh. And so, yeah, so because of the shoe bomber, we all have to take our shoes off. But, you know, so it's only like a small handful of people that really had very misbehaved or, or like unacceptable uh, companion animals on the flight. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It and sounds like somebody's being murdered over there, Tiffany. Uh, yeah, nobody's getting murdered. They're just... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go to this little corner here. Um, off <laughs> go hide in the corner. <laughs> I am hiding in the corner. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's not like, every, you know, most of the dogs were great on the airplane. It's just those, those people that brought in, like, 
didn't somebody bring like an ostrich or something crazy? I mean, it wasn't an ostrich, but it was like something yeah, crazy. Yeah, there was a, oh, uh, you know, there was a squirrel. I'm going into the bathroom and I'm shutting the door. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. You're hiding you in the bathroom now. Okay. <laughs> okay. I hope this is better. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. So about the fly ban, you know, my boyfriend hasn't come to see me since the fly ban came into action. And, you know, he usually flew with his dog. And now he can't fly with his dog. So now I'm thinking he's not going to come see me anymore. That is sad. And you know what? We need people to be happy. We need humans to be happy. Like, can't we just make every, like, the more, more humans are happy, the better we all are off. So we can't, there, couldn't there be a better solution than just one flat out ban? I mean, come up with just some rules and guidelines. I just don't understand why that happens. They, they just go through, you know, there's so many times that we go from a, we go just to an extreme instead of just some better clear guidelines. Yeah, and don't give me crap about the whole safety angle because we can just, you know, t make a rules that say all dogs have to be muscled when they go on flights. Simple as that. Then nobody has to worry about any bites. Yeah. Or any fights. So that's fine. You know, we can even have some kind of socialization test for a dog to get a passport or something. Yeah. Like, there's definitely ways to work around this. Come on, people. Airlines, if you're out there... Do something. Yeah, step it up. Oh, well, you know, to a little lighter subject, Tiffany. I was cruising around interwebs, and guess what I found? What? I found a list of songs, like famous songs that are about dogs, but you never knew they were about a dog. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Oh, cool. Of course, there are songs about dogs uh, that are famous, but these are famous songs that are about dogs, but people don't really know that they were made for a dog. Okay. Well, so the first one is one of actually one of my f uh, absolute favorite songs by Nora Jones. Uh, she's a singer, uh, pianist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And her song, The Man of the Hour, is really a song about her poodle, Ralph. Will you really be? My only man of the hour My only man of the Because when we hear that song, you're thinking of, you know. Exactly. Oh, my God. I want this list. Yeah. Yeah. And so next one, also another favorite song of mine. Uh, Martha by Paul McCartney. Yeah. Martha, my dear, you have always been my inspiration. well-known by some people who are like really into Beatles they might know that it's about a dog but still it's the kind of song you listen to and you think it's just about a woman you know but it's about uh, his sheepdog that that's so cool I'm gonna ha you know I want to listen to these songs again because I want to hear them knowing that and it's it will change the context for me which will be cool 
Yeah, so songs are always better when they're about a dog instead of typical romantic love, And you, if you ask me. And so Elvis Presley would probably have said the same thing because turns out that hound dog, you know, ain't na 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 You ain't nothing but a hound dog, You know, that was uh, the song that he became famous with, but he didn't write it. Uh, it, it was some uh, uh, other lady who wrote it, and that was about, you know, uh, cheap gigolos and, like, men that she was mad about. But for Elvis, when he took it, he made it to be about a dog, it, it, like, singing it like it was a real dog. Yeah. Oh, my God. Cool. And then there's Elton John, his song Gulliver. It's uh, about his dog, Gulliver. There's four feet of ground in front of the barn That's sun-baked and rain-soaked and part of the farm But now it lies empty, so cold and so bare Gulliver's gone, but his memory lies there It's like a you know, heartbreaker song. It's very poetic. But you know, if you think about like the difference between romantic love and your love for your your animal, your companion, your furry companion, it's so different because the furry companion is unconditional. And you know, if you've got unconditional love out there with your life partner, human partner, whatever, then you know what? It's beautiful. Um, it's just it's just not as common <laughs> sadly and so you have that with your furry furry animal and your I mean your furry companion right you have that unconditional love that's so deep and special and they're so they joy when they see you every day it's just a special thing so I could see why you'd want to write a song about it right definitely there's so many great songs out there about dogs and it speaks about how you know how much we love our dogs and to, to br wrap it up and bring it back to topic that when we start thinking about this immense love that dogs have given us and the songs that are here to testify for it, I mean, come on, give rescue dogs a chance. Don't, you know, give up on them too soon and understand that some of them have things they need to work on and give them the love and patience that they deserve because they would do the same thing for you. That's right. In fact, a rescue dog is so grateful when when they know that you are the real deal and that you're really their their family forever uh the gratefulness and the love that they have for you is so much bigger and stronger than a dog that came into your home as a puppy who doesn't have that naturally it's just their life was always good um so it's like super special super meaningful um and you can see it you can feel it it, it, every day you're with them it's really and, the, and they evolve so it's really fun to watch their personalities come out because the more they feel safe and comfortable they start to come out into the really who they are they can become more playful they're they're just like growing and expanding and it's such a beautiful thing yeah i mean rescue dogs people okay so i'm going to put something say ask something on a, a lighter note maybe kind of funny but why do you go can I ask you, Louise, we're, this, this may be, I don't know, inappropriate, and if it is, you can totally edit it out. But, like, why when uh -oh. you, you can't leave your underwear around dogs because you're, they chew them up. Why is that? They, they, you know what I mean? I know. I know. 
Yes, it's so gross. And I, you know, I mentioned earlier, dogs like stinky stuff, and that you know, uh, female underwear is part of that. They like socks too. To be fair, you know, if someone has really bad feet, they tend to like their socks. Oh my god, bad taste and taste and smell. <gasps> All right, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Are we going to have our brunch now, together? Oh, yeah. We are going to go out on the town. Yay. We are going to go and talk more about dogs. I'm going to go shampoo the dog now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Awesome, my dear. Though I spend my days in conversation.